There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look, then you will see On WCN-TV And you're live, Mark. Good evening. Um, as you can see, I am not Rob Pugh. There is no way that I uh, can actually fill that man's boots. And Rob has asked me very kindly to host his show tonight on WCTV. I say tonight, I think it's five o'clock central time. And uh, it's rather late on this side of the pond in the UK, which is 11 o'clock. So tonight we are going to discuss uh the whole j6 issue i have the absolute privilege to have a guest uh on here which is james brett but before i then start my conversation with uh jimmy i'd ask for your prayers as there's a few tech issues that we're sorting out but i want to show a video which is for 58 seconds which introduces the american gulag chronicles book a book that has been put together to raise money for the Jan 6 prisoners. And that is the reality that we have reached in America at this moment, where we have gulags. And uh, Jimmy will come on shortly and explain. So if we just kindly watch this video, that'd be absolutely fantastic. the video sir no and i can't um i can't hear it and i can't i don't have a picture of jimmy either don't worry i can get there is no audio jonathan i can hear that now johnny Thank you for thank you for watching that. Um, on uh, January the 9th, 10th, 
a article was put in the Wisconsin uh, Christian News uh, newspaper and also the digital version about Jan 6, which I had the privilege to write, which Rob had asked me, commissioned me to write. What has shocked me from the outside here of thousands of miles away across the pond in the UK is that the, um, the amount of time it has taken for us to build up a head of steam to get the truth out there of what happened. And one of the privileges I now have is to introduce my guest, Jimmy Brett. Now, I do apologize if we cannot get his picture up, etc. Um, but we are going to be able to uh, um, hear him. And uh, I just welcome Jimmy now. Jimmy, how are you? Doing great, Mark. How about yourself? I'm I'm okay. I'm I'm I feel as though I'm flying a little bit by the seat of my pants with some of the tech issues that we are having. But why why are we surprised? To be frank frank with you, um, Jimmy, are you able to explain? Are you comfortable to explain where you are right now? Um, because you're suddenly bringing us right up to date with your life, or is that not something you want to discuss? I can discuss what's going on with me. Uh, okay, absolutely. brilliant. Brilliant. So where are you now? Where are you now? Describe the scene of where you are now. Okay, so um, physically I'm in uh, Clearwater, Florida, um, land of the free in the United States right now. And it's um, it's interesting seeing the change to the United States of America. Um, I am in the pretrial phase right now. Um, the... Uh, the prosecution and the uh, my my defense attorney are going back and forth uh, talking about uh, plea offers, which I am not taking. Um, and as a result, they're stacking more charges on me. Um, it, it's it's kind of like a spoiled brat at the uh, at the sandbox. That uh, well. I'm going to take one toy away from me. You don't like it. Uh, you don't want to do what I want to do. I'm going to take all the toys away now and we're going to play my game. So, um, as opposed to a seven and a half year maximum, it's now 15 and a half years, um, for simply, uh, being outside of the Capitol, um, witnessing some horrific events. Um, it was despicable that day. Quite honestly, there were people that were excited to redress their government and um, the police brutality that existed that day was was beyond reproach. Absolutely beyond reproach. So we're, we're getting strong armed by the, the Department of Justice and uh, the the United States attorneys. Um, they're strong arming us into deals we don't want to accept. Um, many of my, my brothers are now in, in prison pre-trial, so they're, they're not even getting a trial date and they're, they're rotting in prison while their, their families are left to fend for themselves. So that's, that's where we are right now. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely horrified at my government. Um, it, I never thought I would see this Orwellian reality that we now have in the united states of america 
yes yes jimmy could you please describe to me and to the audience what you witnessed on that day could you please describe why you went on january the 6th 2021 i am a uh, a proud boy um a group that's taken a lot of heat but we we tend to keep people safe um we didn't even have an event in dc that day we just have a lot of american patriots that wanted to go and redress our our government um experience the atmosphere of that historic day what we thought was going to be a very positive historic day um the proud boys we were walking around um monitoring for groups like antifa blm um quite a few groups that are out to uh really target and attack conservative uh people and um so we're we're walking around and we end up at the peace circle um after having media attention like non-stop they they were it was unusual the media attention that they were giving us that day uh, we we met 10:30 at the uh, the monument. We walked down the National Mall, and as soon as we started walking toward the Capitol, media came out of out of the woodwork, which was a little eerie, to be real honest. So we walked around. We ended up at the Peace Circle. Um, I remember specifically right when everything kicked off. I remember hearing somebody say, "Trump's going to speak at the Capitol." People surged forward. I wasn't seeing what was going on near the actual barricades on the West Plaza of the United States Capitol. Um, the the Ryan Samsel footage and Ray Epps, that, hmm. that scene was not visible in the back. So by the time we get there, um, we're going up and approaching the Capitol. Now there's police trying to block everybody from going. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Well, they back up and the crowd moves forward. And it was it was a game of cat and mouse, so to speak. Next thing I know, I'm directly next to that podium that everybody, the scaffolding that everybody uh, talks about. And we have Capitol Police officers now firing rubber bullets at our heads and uh, pepper balls and flashbangs and keeping in mind that there are women and children in the crowd and no warning, no order to disperse. Their order to disperse came after they instigated and really poked people. Um, the thing that I have to, uh, I really have to drive home is before all of this violence per perpetuated by the Capitol Police and then MPDC, it was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had in my life. There were people saying the rosary there. I'm Catholic. That, that touched my heart. There were people saying the Pledge of Allegiance, singing the national anthem. It was a very patriotic day. And then they unleashed hell on us. And really, I have to ask, when, uh, when these prosecutors are calling us domestic terrorists and insurrectionists we we were exercising our first amendment rights to be heard and to redress our government about an election that quite frankly we know was stolen
Yes. Yes. There's there's not a lot of doubt about that now. But it was a beautiful day. And they took that beautiful feeling and they snuffed it out with violence. It was horrific after that. And you know, I was in the tunnel and that was horrific as well. They they were using gas on us and beating women in the heads with with batons. I was probably about 36 inches away from Roseanne Boyland, the area where she died. And um, could you, sorry to interrupt, could you explain to us what happened to Roseanne Boyland, what you specifically witnessed in her case? Absolutely. And uh, first I'll, I'll lead off with the fact that the mainstream media and the U S government have yet, yet to acknowledge that four protesters died that day. And one Capitol Police officer passed away the next day of natural causes. Um, there's there's a little bit more of a story with him as well. But there was Ashley Babbitt, uh, Benjamin Phillips, Kevin Greeson, and Roseanne Boylan. Uh, Roseanne Boylan uh, was trampled. Uh, they were pushing everybody out of the tunnel. And she got trampled. And then Officer Lila Morris was beating her. Yes, yes. Repeatedly while she was unconscious on the ground. It, it was a horrific, horrific scene. This woman. Is that, is, sorry, is that the officer that they then venerated at the Super Bowl? You had uh, Officer Bird and Officer Morris who have been at Amphenone that have been venerated uh, nationally for their actions that day. And quite honestly, they're all despicable. Could so, you could you explain to us what uh, Officer Bird then did that day as well? Yeah, Officer Bird, um, he was on the other side of the door um, opposite to Ashley Babbitt. And um, Ashley was begging officers to take action when gentlemen that we now know were uh, part of the left, the left agenda, um, they were bashing the door and breaking the door and she's begging them to do something and the window breaks and Ashley goes up into the window of the door and uh, Officer Bird steps forward and fires around, hits her in the neck, she falls back and um, she passed away right there. Um, it was horrific to hear that this unarmed woman carrying a Trump flag had a backpack, unarmed, very petite lady. She was no threat to this officer. He could have just as easily detained her and cuffed her as opposed to ending her life. There was no reason, no imminent threat. And in um, in stophate.com, Dave, David Summerall's uh, uh, documentary, uh, Writing History, thank you, Johnny, for putting up, that up. As David has, uh, has shown, um, along with Bloody Hill, what, what you and other patriots were going through that day, including the, uh, the shooting from the footage of, uh, of Ashley. Um, Jimmy, can you now, and I can hear it in your voice, and I feel personally 
quite emotional even asking you these questions because you as you know i am then very au fait with events on that day because of dear friends like david summerall etc and people we speak about it what i'm amazed at is that still many many americans do not know the true facts that's why these conversations are so important on that day jimmy how many people do you think had actually gone to the capital wow that's a really good question i know that um based on my experience there and based on what i've seen um and uh my research for the documentary i did um there were there had to be uh, a million plus in town I would say closer to 2 million um, on the Capitol, around the Capitol. There, there were multiple tens of thousands of people there. Um, it was, it was amazing. Uh, being up near the tunnel, I got to look out over the national mall and there were people as far as the eye could see down streets and I, Washington DC was flooded, flooded with people that wanted to redress their government what um so you you were there you were in the tunnel um did you ever hear and this is the accusation that's been made where the particular officers who were supervising office other officers where they're saying you know give give them hell the comments of they are going to get in there and cause violence against people that were going along peacefully to make their point. What What's your views on that? There was no intent for violence that day. And quite honestly, like I said, it, it was a beautiful day <laughs> until the officers inflicted their violence on peaceful people. Um, there, there was no intent, no plan. And you can think what you want about Oath Keepers or Three Percenters or Proud Boys. None of these groups had any plans to go unseat the, uh, <laughs> anybody in the, the Congress or to interrupt the process. Um, it's, it's absurd what they're saying. And if they really knew Proud Boys, we have the Proud Boy trial on right now. Hmm. I'll, I'll be one of the second Proud Boy trials. But if they really knew the Proud Boys, we're a drinking club. And we we have a hard time organizing uh, a meetup of 20, 20 gentlemen, let alone attempt to overthrow the United States government. Um, we We get out of the house once a month and we enjoy the company of good men who love God and our country and their families. And that's, that's the extent of the Proud Boys. And if anybody um, thinks any more than that, they're mistaken, quite honestly. Could you, could you just briefly tell us how the Proud Boys actually started? Yeah, I can. Uh, Gavin McGinnis actually started it. And um, it started as a joke. He uh he was he was a little 
discontented because there there were no clubs anymore for guys where you could go and and hang out and just be a guy and talk about things that guys talk about. Uh, get away from your wives, your girlfriends. Um, hang out and be American men. Um, we're not politically correct. We love the First Amendment. We talk about our Second Amendment rights. Um, we're American men, and um, we we don't. We don't really have a single uh, political ideology. It's it. We're we're traditionally just American men, and that's that's what it goes. We're not buying the crap of the left and and their woke culture. Uh, most proud boys will sit there and 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 condemn that, but we're just uh, American men that that get together once a month, like I said. And it started out of a joke by Gavin McGinnis. And then it, it uh, as he said, it blew up and it, it went nuts. And now we're in Australia. We're in the UK. We're in Canada, even though Canada has uh, labeled us domestic terrorists now. But what do you expect out of Justin Trudeau, the commie? Um, we're everywhere. Uh, and, and the thing is, they've called us xenophobes, misogynists, racists. And I can tell you one thing, we have uh, homosexual men in our club, we have uh, black men, we have Asian men, we have men of every race and creed. Um, it doesn't matter. If, if you're a man and you like to drink beer, you can be a proud boy. <laughs> and you believe that the West is the best. That's, that's the most important thing. The West is the best. We love our Western culture. What, um, Jimmy, what are they, um, where is the American Constitution now, in your opinion, within the legal system? It's in danger. Um, quite honestly, it's, it's suspended in my mind. Um, our rights, I, I can think of many violations of, of my rights. Uh, out of the Bill of Rights that um, that exists. And the thing is, this is commonplace. If you are a traditional American, you have those traditional God, family, country um, ideals, you're a target right now. And if you speak out, you're a bigger target. So we're being canceled left and right, even though I believe, and from what I see, we are the overwhelming majority. Yes. Yes. And uh, and I would like I would like to say uh, publicly that, uh, you know, you're even though I'm in the country way outside the United States, you're you're representing me. You're representing other patriots around the world, because as we've as I've said many, many times, and I know that, you know, in your heart that if America goes down, then the whole world goes down. And this is an asymmetric attack across the world yes um, sir jimmy why is there this pressure in regard to plea bargaining what is the justice system doing what are they up to what what where has justice gone in this I, situation a theory on it i do have a theory on it so it's taken them it took them 18 months to arrest me um, 
and we can get into that in a minute too because it yes. was a terrific day. But it took them 18 months. I believe that in a lot of cases, their evidence is profoundly weak. So what they try to do is they try to muscle you into a, a plea deal to support their narrative, their agenda. And if they can get a bunch of people to accept plea offers, their numbers go up. And then they can say it's legitimate and they're well-founded. Look how many people have plead and uh, pled guilty to this. And it, it's, it's putrid. It really is. So they're strong-arming people, good people, into taking awful deals which are unconstitutional. Because of this, a number of people have actually committed suicide, haven't they? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, one that stands out is Matthew Perna. Um, a, a really kind soul, a gentle soul, and they, they there was supposed to be a plea deal there and an agreement, and the government came back with the fact that they were going to sentence him uh, in a more profound manner. And he took his life because he didn't feel that he could handle the time in federal prison. Right. Which right. was, again, beyond reproach. Right. How many, um, are we up to six people that have very sadly committed suicide? That's an estimate. Um, mm -hmm. Some say more. Um, it's really hard to... Uh, to get these detailed numbers. Um, a lot of people aren't talking. Um, I can tell you one thing as a J6 defendant, though, there are those times where you get so completely in your head and you think about the full weight of the United States government uh, upon your back. And I know over in, uh, over in the UK, you have the likes of like uh, Tommy Robinson, who hmm. uh, is at the forefront and feels a consistent weight of um, his government upon his back. And it's, it's overwhelming at times. And you have to dig deep. You have to have profound faith in God. Um, that has become forefront with me. It's front and center. Without God, you have nothing. And unless you, uh, you have that spiritual basis, I don't see how you get through something like this. It's um, it's hard looking at my five children and thinking that I'd be away from them for a decade plus. Um, that tears at my heart. Hmm. But I have to stand firm. I have to put on the protective armor of God. And I have to march forward with faith that my father in heaven is pardon my French, more badass than their father in hell. I hear you very, very loudly. I know the way the story ends in the Bible, and we mm. win. Mm. Mm. What is... Um, we, look, we look on the, the justice system at the moment. How, how do you feel that, um, well that people are actually fighting for you? in regard to your legal representatives? You may not be able to answer that, but I'm just throwing that out. Less than uh, 
less than adequate. Right. Less than adequate. Can you um, give a give a reason for that that doesn't get you into trouble? Yeah, I I can because I'm uh, I'm in the process of of seeking new counsel. Um, I feel that when a government tries to strong arm you into accepting their plea terms, that they should not be able to add additional charges, new charges. I understand that they might be moving forward with all of their charges they originally had, but it's it's a form of coercion. It's prosecutorial misconduct at the very foundation of it. And when I had this happen to me the other day, and it, it literally happened last week, um, I brought it up to my public defender. And I said, this is wrong. You shouldn't be able to do this. This is strong arming. This is they're trying to, to muscle me into accepting their plea offer. He quite frankly said, if your client does not accept our plea offer by February 17th, we're going to add another felony. That's coercion, plain and simple. I requested that she uh, request a conference between herself the judge and the prosecuting attorney and call him out on this. And she refused. So that's, that's less than adequate in my eyes. That's not stepping up to the plate to fight for me uh, and my family. And I, I will say this and I've, I've said it time and time again, I didn't steal anything. I did not touch anybody. I did not, enter the Capitol, and I didn't vandalize anything. So there was no imminent crime on any person or property that I I committed that day. At most, I'll accept accountability for trespassing. But then again, that is our house. Hmm. Hmm. So coming back a bit, and you've just described uh, uh, this bit of an understatement, the judicial system that's in severe severe uh <laughs> crisis as in well if you don't do what what you say then we're going to come up with other trumped up charges um jimmy why did it take 18 months for you to get a lock on a knock on the door could you please explain to us the circumstances of that what actually happened and what they have then I know you've just touched on that. What they have then accused you of, what are they actually charging you of when you weren't at the Capitol, et cetera, et cetera? So why did it take them 18 months? Uh, quite honestly, I can't answer that question um, I, because I don't know. I've been asking that question repeatedly, why it took them 18 months. I'm accessible. Um, my second question was, why did you not just, uh, give me a ring, call me up, um, tell me you want me to come in. I would have surrendered willingly. I did not need what they did that day. So on June 3rd, 2022, they showed up in a pre-dawn raid of the house, uh, with a bearcat, 
um, on my front lawn. They bullhorned me out of bed. So I was sound asleep. Um, I wake up to uh, James, wake up. This is the FBI. Come to the front door. Then they bullhorned my uh, my lady, Stephanie. This is the FBI. Come to the front door. This is the F FBI again. So I get up. I uh, I know from what other people had happened that it was my job to run for the front door. Otherwise, they were going to flashbang. They were going to bust through the door. Um, so I go out. I'm literally in my undergarments. And uh, I have my hands up. I have lasers on my chest. And I get told to follow the laser. It was very disorienting. They had bright lights in my face. There was like a, a fog in the area. I don't know if they popped smoke. But it was very disorienting. Um, so I went toward the vehicle, they cuffed me, put me in a, uh, a sheriff's car. Then they drew my one and a half year old daughter and my lady out of the house while my three year old son was sleeping. Luckily our three oldest were not out the house that night um, or that morning. So they proceed to extract my one and a half year old daughter and my lady at gunpoint out of the house. And that is something I can never let go of. I will never forget. And I quite honestly, I will never forgive them for that. Uh, my government can quite honestly go to hell for that one. So that's who I believe that they represent right now. So they, the mother of your children had your one and a half year old in their in her arms. Yes, sir. They bullhorned her. You had gone to the front door. You're outside with lasers all over you. And whatever we see on how that's portrayed in Hollywood is actually happening to you in real time where yes. people are putting their laser sights on you and in those guns are real bullets. Yeah. And I, then, then, I, they get, then they get, sorry, then they get your one and a half year old out there as well. Yes. So when they drew her out, they had uh, my lady was holding her. Um, they told her to put her down. And I, I keep on saying this and I'll say this until my wheels fall off. Um, I am very blessed and fortunate to have a very strong woman by my side. A woman of faith, a woman of conviction. And she uh, she walked out with the baby anyway. Because no mother's going to put their child down in the house while the FBI raids and clears the house. I mean, quite honestly, they after we were all out, they went in while my son's in asleep in his bedroom. And they busted uh, door frames, which neighbors felt houses down. Um, they they took the battering ram. They they busted through them um, because they were locked. Uh, they cleared the house. Um, Pulled me out of the car again, uh, allowed me to get dressed, allowed me to find my phone for them so they could confiscate it. Um, and then I was uh, put in a DHS agent's uh, car along with this uh, FBI agent and uh, was transported to Tampa uh, to the federal courthouse where I was put in leg irons and um, 
awaited my first appearance where I appeared in front of uh, Judge Sneed and the prosecuting attorney called me a domestic terrorist and an insurrectionist and the worst of that day. And uh, they, they did their theatrics and then uh, yeah. I was released and I had an ankle monitor on and um, I have a, a bunch of conditions I have to follow. Going back, going back to the FBI going into your house and smashing doors down and window and door frames, etc. Um, has all that been put back? Has all that been uh, repaired? But you have to pay for that. I repaired it. I had to pay for it. Um, they they accept no responsibility. And here's the amazing thing: when they raid your house, um, yep. what they do is. If you have video cameras on the outside, they will physically turn them around so that you cannot record what they did. Um, if you have cameras on the inside, they'll do the same thing, turn them toward the wall. So I, I had a feeling they were coming and I set up an agreement with my neighbor and I said, look, if they do end up raiding my house because they're raiding a lot of my friends, will you video it? And he did. And we, we got a lot of video that day, um, which I'll, I'll send to you as well. So, Brilliant. Um, are you able to use that video in, in your defense in regard to their conduct? No, because there's no accountability. There's no checks and measures for their conduct. I will say that some of the FBI agents were very sympathetic. Um, one stands out in my mind. He was a redheaded guy, um, a ginger, <laughs> and uh, the guy looked like Zeus, but he came over and thanked me for being a gentleman because I knew it was my responsibility at that point in time to yes, sir, no, sir, um, do what I needed to do to keep my family safe in that particular moment in time. Uh, but he thanked me for being a gentleman that day, and he said that he, he takes no pleasure in this. So then why is he doing it? I I honestly, I couldn't tell you a lot. I think a lot of these people are in a situation themselves where they may not agree with what's being done. But when you're close to retirement and you have a pension that you're looking at and security for your family, unfortunately, the American attitude has become hooray for me and to hell with you. And um, I'm going to worry about my family and my circumstance, even though what I'm doing to you is unconstitutional. What do you think um, was going through the FBI's mind to actually ask you, ask the mother of your children, ask Stephanie, to actually put your youngest child on the floor or leave them? What was going through their mind to actually even think of something like that? Nothing good. Quite honestly, nothing good. Um, I don't know he, who would even ask something like that of a mother. Um, it, it just it blows my mind, actually. Hmm. Jimmy, what's, how are you feeling now, uh, right this moment? As Because I'm deliberately asking these questions as you've worked out. Because we need to get this information out people need to know what you went through this is not a hollywood movie this no. is your life this is reality right 
what emotions are going through you right now while while we're discussing this a lot of anger right um, a lot of hurt honestly um when you see your family in that situation you uh it almost puts a a, a guilt mindset in in your mind or in your head and uh I know I, I have nothing to feel guilty about that this was perpetrated on us. Um, but there's a lot of seething anger right now. So they they waited 18 months and then what have they accused what have they charged you with? They charged me with uh felony civil disorder, um, which is a very ambiguous charge. Uh, they charged me with two counts of disorderly conduct uh, on capital grounds and then one count of entering and remaining a restricted building or grounds. So it's. Well, what evidence do they have? Now what they're going to add. Gonna add oh. What is it? Uh, assault on a police officer without violence which I, I don't know how that's accomplished. So. Right. So what, what evidence do they have for all the accusations and the charges that they are putting your way? Honestly, that's something I, I cannot discuss. Right. Okay. Um, I will say, I cannot tell you the nature of the evidence. I, I will say minimal. Right. And that's where I have to leave it. Right. So this charge of uh, assaulting a police officer without violence, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Uh, you haven't. Sounds yeah. like politically correct charge to me. So Yes, that, uh, uh, absolutely. So that night, the ball horned you, you've gone out. You've then put in a, in the car. Um, the bullhorned uh, Stephanie, your partner, she's gone out with your one and a half year old. Your three and a half year old is left in the house. Praise God that your older children are not in the house. How have your older children that were not there that night, how have they reacted to hearing about what you and their mum have gone through? There's a lot of fear in it ambiguity when it comes to that um my oldest son right now is 16 right. and i go away for any length of time this graduation from high school that scares him right. um makes him sad they don't yeah. want to be without their dad um yeah that's that's the bottom line my one little girl uh she's 11 her name is Maisie. um she's having a really rough time um it's my little girl. My two little ones, they they um they don't know enough about this to really know what's going on, but I think that's what breaks my heart is if the government gets what it wants, they won't even know me. And that mm -hmm. that's sorry. sorry. That's that's grave for me. That just um I don't even know how to process that. How have they, um, how have they been treated? How have you been treated 
by other people within your community and around you. You've described the fact that a neighbor has filmed the FBI doing the raid, but have people been supportive of you or have they walked on the other side of the sidewalk, so to speak? I've had some that have um, chastised me for it. Um, I've had a lot of support. Um, luckily, like I said, I'm I'm in Florida. Um, it's a more conservative, a more red state, traditional American values. So it's um, I'm lucky to have been through this thing. Um, being a J6er in Florida is not the worst but it can be uh it can be testing at times there are people who who hold me in uh very very little regard low regard so i've i've got death threats um that's that's insane so but the quite honestly that one group really stands out in my mind um and that's the Patriot Mail Project uh, that put out the uh, the book that you you had highlighted at the beginning of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, Marie, there is uh, amazing. Tim Rivers is amazing. Um, these these people. If it weren't for them, my kids would not have had a Christmas this year. And. Um, you also get letters from people around the country. I've received some letters from the UK. Um, Thank me for being a patriot and um, standing up for what's right, which is unfortunately a uh, a rare occurrence these days. Mm. Mm. Um, Jimmy, I've heard. Um heard you speak elsewhere on another on the, another friend of mine a dear friend of mine show on the Tamara Lee show trend on and in there you made some comments about a particular part of uh, the police in regard to the the marshals um and their view of these events and having to make these arrests could could you make a comment on that please I sure can. Um, when I was being booked in to the U.S. Marshals, uh, they have a little holding cell by the, the courthouse. And um, when I was being booked in there, um, the one marshal who was putting my data into the, uh, the computer said, I can't believe they're still arresting for this crap. He said, I, I miss my old boss. And um the marshals, uh, there, there's another marshal uh, that was rolling his eyes at the pro- prosecutor, and I'll leave his name out of it, even though I know it. Um, he was rolling his eyes and making hand gestures while this guy was talking, and it, it kind of got me through the moment because it made me chuckle and realize how absolutely ridiculous this nonsense is. Um, he also offered me a ride home after I was released. And um, I said, I, I had a ride coming, but uh, one day when I'm free, we'll grab a beer. Well, when, uh, when he referred to his old boss, was he referring to a previous president? Yeah, he was. 
Right. Yeah, he was. I, I miss that old boss too. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you very loudly. Could you, being on this side of the pond in a completely different system, could you please just explain the importance of the U.S. Marshals and what their role is? So the U.S. Marshals, what they tend to do is they are in charge of federal prisoners, prisoners of the U.S. government. Um, they handle escapes. So if somebody escapes from uh, a correctional facility, um, they'll hunt them down and uh, capture them again, bring them back. But they're, they're used uh, for booking um, and, and transporting uh, federal prisoners. Right. They're, so they, uh, honest, all of them. So they have an important historical job within your system, don't they? They do. And if you look at it, here's a diff, a difference that people uh, across the pond might not know. Even a, a lot of people here don't know. The U.S. Marshals are one of two congressionally chartered. Uh, law enforcement agencies in the United States. Uh, the FBI was brought about by an uh, executive order. Um, so they are not law enforcement. They are an investigative agency. Thereby, they cannot make arrests. They cannot affect arrests. They have to have local authorities to affect the arrest. So, and the one hope is that if they were created by an executive order, maybe one day they can be disbanded by executive order. So that's my wish right now is to abolish the FBI. Yes, I, I understand that one. And the, 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 so in other words, you're saying that they shouldn't, they do not have the authority to go around bull hoarding people like you and others and et cetera, and harassing people in, oh. in this way. They don't have a mandate to do that. They do have the authority to do that. They just cannot put cuffs on me. They cannot take me into custody. But they can do everything else, um, which is uh, absolutely just goofy. It's goofy. Right. That's right. that's my technical word for it all. It's it's goofy. Um, I I don't know if I'm going to have time to get to a couple of people's questions i do apologize i'll see what we can do do in the in the next few the next few minutes jimmy um because we've we've got about eight or nine minutes to go what i know that what can we as a christian body what can we pray for you right now what are your biggest needs concerns right now oh boy <laughs> Justice is is a big one, um, and and justice in the eyes of uh, in God, mm. in the eyes of God, um, an immense turnaround of the, U the United States government to something that it is again respectable um, and godly. This country was founded on on God and Christian values. And the foundation right now is cracked and we need to mend that and get back in, in grace with God and back into a covenant to be his nation. Um, 
I really want people to pray for my children. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of hope for me not being convicted. Um, I, I just want my family to, to be taken care of and, and be okay. That's all I care about. How, how supportive of, of their schools is the education system to them? I'm lucky because uh, two of our kids are preschool, um, two go to Catholic school, and then one's in a public high school that is right. very, uh, is, he's got a lot of conservative teachers that understand. Uh, the Catholic school that my other two go to are very supportive um, because they know my my nature. They know um, what really happened that day. And at the end of the day, Catholics are pro-life and this administration cut us off with their viewpoint on pro-abortion. So, Are, are any of the... Um... Right now, as you know, the House has then become under Republican control. Um, what are your viewpoints on where the, you know, the particular select committee that Jim Jordan should be running and the, the, ver the viewpoints of representatives? I don't know what your representatives are like in Florida. Why are, right. they, not, why are they not getting behind you? Why are they not releasing in your words, all these prisoners, the J6 prisoners, immediately? That's a really good question, Mark. Um, never before in our country's history have we seen this level of morally repugnant behavior levied upon its own citizens. Um, the only thing that I can think of remotely Close to this was World War II when Japanese Americans were put into camps. Um, it it's insane. But as far as uh, the representation, our representatives talk a good tune, and that's what most politicians. I think that commonality exists on both sides of the pond. Um, politicians are nothing but more more than monkeys in suits with nice shoes. Um, they're puppets. And until I see action, I can hear them talk a lot. I, I have a lot of hope that Jim Jordan will do what he says. I have a lot of faith that Matt Gates wants to do the right thing. And that Anna Luna, Anna Polina Luna wants to do the right thing. Hmm. But there are more people that don't want to do the right thing than there are that do. And that scares me. Has Matt Gates been in contact with you? No, but I, I just left a message the other day um, at his office. And I would love to just speak to him and take take a couple minutes to put a, a couple data points in his ear. Um, he has not spoken to me as of yet. I did have the pleasure of speaking to Anna Polina Luna on the campaign trail and she promised that if she got elected she would push push the issue of investigating J6 and she did she kept her word that is the only politician outside of Trump 
that I know that did something they said they were going to do? Well, the reason I talk about Gates, of course, is because he's a Florida representative, isn't he? He is. He is. And I like Matt. I think he says a lot of the things that people don't want to hear him say, but they might need to hear. He says the difficult things out loud hmm. um, that aren't always politically correct. Hmm. But 99.9% of what he says, I believe, is is rooted in honesty and and morality. Hmm. And people don't like that. They They don't like the truth. No, well, we've just seen, you know, with Adam Shift and uh, Shifty Shift and the other guy, Sawala, whatever his name is, the man that uh, has sexual relationships with a Chinese spy, and then and then they are sitting on the uh, on that particular select committee. You can't make it up. Um, we're coming into the last sort of uh, couple of minutes. Okay. Um, Jimmy, I know that we we would want to direct people to uh, David Summerall's website of stophate.com um, yep. and just to publicly acknowledge the unbelievable work that a, a very dear friend of both of us has, has been doing. He's an on... amazing man. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people to go to the website there. And also um, because there is um, a J6, um, a J6 section calling about praying, donating, excuse me, and engaging in uh, in action. And um, Betty, I just I'm just trying to read your read your uh, comment. Can you just uh, could you just see if I can if I can just get that? Lord, it says, James, you are a hero to more than not. Heaven has a crown awaiting in heaven for you, filled with many jewels. We are proud of you. We are praying. Betty, thank you. Thank you. Um, Jimmy, I cannot thank you enough for coming on uh, tonight and for honoring me with your presence and just uh, enabling me to talk to you and to try and help you unpack your story and and the awfulness of of that this is not a game this is uh, <laughs> this is your life um we would never have thought that we would see gulags like alexander solzhenitsyn suffered in russia in in america hence why the american gulag chronicles and if people have not bought that book please um johnny if you could just flag that up again thank you which is go to uh, the American Google X Chronicles Inc. Um, and buy and buy the book, um, please. Jimmy, is there anything else that you would like to say? Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, and I know that this is will be the beginning of a few conversations. The thing that I want to impart to people is that as a collective of patriots around the world, I think the most important thing is to pray, hmm. ask for God's blessing, ask for his intercession on our behalf, because I think it's going to take a very biblical moment to overcome this evil. Hmm. And as Ephesians says, we do not fight flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. 
and we are in Ephesians 6. We are in the biggest spiritual battle of our lifetime. Johnny, I think I think that's just about the time. But Jimmy, thank you very much indeed for uh, joining me tonight. Thank you, Betty. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you, Betty, for what you kindly said. Thank you for everyone that's uh, joined us um, in this uh, discussion. Johnny, I don't I'm going to I'm going to end now. But just to say that uh, Rob will be back, I'm assuming, or Mike next week. I don't know who uh, who they will be discussing or who their guests will be. But what I will say is that uh, this whole Jimmy needs our prayers. Other uh, Jan six prisoners need our prayers. Um, this whole event, this whole thing that's been such a nightmare for so many people, this needs to be constantly talked about and uh, pressing through in regard to um, getting the right narrative um, out there. So thank you very much for uh, joining me. Thank you, Jimmy, again for joining me. And... um, I hope that we will do this again. This is not entertainment. This is telling others of what is happening to people's lives like Jimmy and his family. So please remember them and his children in your in your prayers. Johnny, thank you very much if uh, you just want to take us out. Um, but thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. And I hope I have the pleasure to be able to do this again. Thank you. Thank you.